Happy Mother's Day to each of you. I don't know how many of you have preached a Mother's Day sermon before. I don't think many of you here, maybe someone online will have. Uh, but uh, Mother's Day sermons are topical sermons by nature. Meaning, if, if uh, you take a passage and you look at it, it's a, more of an exegesis of a passage, and you preach the passage, and maybe you've been revivals where you take a passage and the, pa- the preacher, the evangelist, will preach it multiple times on the same passage, bringing out the depth of the passage in different ways. Mother's Day is kind of forced the other way. So I find some of these seasonal things, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, can be a little bit more of a challenge. But today I want us to talk about honoring mothers. And so I would like for you to turn to your Bibles to Judges chapter 4, 21. And then right after that, Exodus 20, 12. So I'm going to look up Judges 4, 21. So it's Joshua, Judges, Ruth, if you've got those memorized. Now, some of you are punching it in on your phone, but Joshua 4.21, so stick your finger there or bookmark there. I don't know if you can do this digitally. See, with the physical Bible, I can stick my finger in two places and just flip it. I don't know how fast you can do that with the um, other Bibles, but we're going to Joshua 4.21 and Exodus 20.12. Exodus 20.12. Now see, he's got that up there already. I'll have to remember that. So I'm going to read these sequentially. Exodus 20.12. Joshua 4.21. Then he spoke to the children of... That's not right. Judges. Judges 4.21. I didn't even look it up right. Judges 4.21. Judges 4.21. Judges 4.21. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Exodus 20.12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, Judges has nothing to do with Exodus, but I want to at least get your attention. Um, your, your mother's not going to drive a tent peg through your head into the ground. But as far as you know, it doesn't mean that your days may be long because your mom's going to punish you. It's that when you do things that your parents tell you to do, your life's going to be better, and your days are going to be long. And maybe God's going to grant more grace as you are obedient. But we also want to look over to Romans one twenty-eight. Romans one twenty-eight. Now, as I told you, by the nature of Mother's Day, you know, we don't have, you know, we talk about the love chapter. We talk about the faith chapter. There's not a mother's chapter. It's kind of throughout the Bible. And so we turn to Romans one twenty-eight. Because the things that we think are natural and are naturally understood sometimes get out of line. And so when we turn to the book of Romans 1, book of Romans chapter 1, verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over 
to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Okay, you can take out of your memory for a minute, if you can, the tent post going through the guy's head into the ground. And focus on honoring your father and your mother. And we're going to focus on honoring your mother. And then we're going to also talk a little bit about this debased mind. And you're like, how do we work these together? But some of you might already be ahead of me. I think we want to honor our mothers. We want to honor motherhood. We want to honor them. And I think one of the ways that we do that is, not, is by not dishonoring them. By not dishonoring them. Some things that we instinctively know is being under challenge. It's being turned on its head. Things that would seem to be common sense to us are being mixed up. And so I think it's beneficial that we at least acknowledge and maybe reaffirm some things. Mothers are women. Mothers are women. And they're not men. Mothers are women, they're not men. And you might have thought, even five years ago, ten, that, well, of course, what's the big deal? You hear in the discourse of the day that we're not even using the word mothers, we're using the word birthing people. I've even seen it used birthing bodies. First, mothers are women. Do you know that there's nearly 6,500 genes that are different between men and women? From some of the things that I work at, were, was looking at, there's like 6,500 different genes that are different. They're different. Men and women are different, and it's not just in their appearance, but it's how they respond to disease, how they think, how they approach things. You know, a young infant, when they're, when they're in the womb, when they are a boy, there's a period of time that there's something that happens that kind of separates the left and the right brain. You know, there's typical behaviors that between the way a male approaches things and a female, and some would say that that is nurture and not nature. But I would say that there's a lot of nurturing go on to counteract nature, to go against what is nature. You realize men, you probably know this, right? Men have a Y chromosome. They have an X and a Y. And a woman has two X's. So it's not just that, it's not like the woman has an X and the, the man has a Y. The man has an X and only one of them. And he has a Y, which the woman doesn't have. And the woman has two X's. I don't know if that's a double portion of whatever X means or what, but they're different. They're different. And you just can't change your clothes and become a woman. It doesn't work that way. And I know that there's people out there that have challenges and things are going on. And it goes against nature, but God can forgive those 
that make those choices. God can forgive those that make those choices. But when it comes to mother, you just can't change clothes and become a woman. You just can't change hormones and become a woman. It's not just about the facial hair. It's how that a woman that is a mother interacts with the child. They just interact differently. A woman interacts differently than a man does. And, of course, a man differently than a woman does. See, mothers and women have unique capabilities that a man doesn't have. But you need both to raise a child. Oh, you're going to say, yes, but I had a working mother, or I had a single dad. or Yes, they do their best. Or they could try to do their best. But there's not a replacement for having a mother and a father. Mothers are women. And mothers include more than just those that gave birth. Can you think of how many, you might not know, you may know uh, how many adopted mothers that have adopted children that are great mothers. They're mothers. There are women that are mothers that never gave birth to the child. But they're mothers. And to lump all mothers as birthing people ignores all the mothers that have been out there. All the ones that have nurtured and cared for someone that wasn't their own. They adopted them like God adopts us into his family. They chose to love not because they had to, because they wanted to. And they've adopted. Those are mothers. We can't exclude those mothers by saying, oh, it's birthing bodies, birthing people. We dishonor mothers by excluding these mothers. Sometimes it's an aunt being the mother. Sometimes it's an older woman being the mother. But they're mothers. They care for. Yes, there are birthing mothers. And there are mothers who, unfortunately, lost their children before the actual birth, but they were mothers, they carried them. They grieved for them. Some will say they don't grieve for them because they're just a lump of cells and there's no grieving, there's no funerals. Yes, there are. They grieve, they hurt, they hope to see them in heaven one day. We dishonor mothers when we say and extend it to say that it's basically anybody that wants to be called a mother. A man can't be a mother. It's not just people that give birth. Some gave their children up for adoption. So when they knew that they couldn't take care of themselves, out of love they gave them up for adoption. And some out of selfishness chose to kill their children. God's forgiveness is available for them as well. I one time preached on abortion and someone come up to me afterwards and said, 
do you realize so-and-so that part of the congregation had an abortion? And I says, okay. I felt for them. God's forgiveness was clearly available, and they feel the pain from that, but I can't stop preaching about abortion because it's going to hurt someone's feeling. I didn't make that choice. The word of God is true, just like I can't not preach that God hates divorce. Even if 50 or 60% in a church congregation are divorced. The word of God doesn't change because you make choices. But how do we want the next generation to know whether God likes divorce or not if we're afraid to touch the topic because of those that have been forgiven from it? let's not dishonor mothers. Let's celebrate them, their nurturing, their concerns, their heartaches, and even their sufferings. In Exodus 2-3, you would find the story of a mother that gave great sacrifice. It's the mother, it's the story of Moses. If you want to turn there, feel free to, but it's let me turn there real quick. I, I Moses was young and small, and Pharaoh was killing all the males. In Exodus 2 3 it says, But when she could no longer hide him, let me back up. And a man of the house of Levi, verse 1 of chapter 2, went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So a woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside, and when they saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And his sister said to Pharaoh, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. And basically the child's mother got to care for him, probably till he is weaned or so, which at that time could have been two or three years old. She loved the child enough to give the child up. We think of Hannah, she wanted the child enough, she gave the child back to God, which is something else that we should be doing. But mothers have to deal with suffering, they have to deal with sacrifice. We need to honor them for those sacrifices. To abort the babies, not a sacrifice. To abort and kill the baby because you don't love them. You don't want them. If you're like, I can't care for them, can you at least birth them and love them enough to give them to someone? It's just hard... For me to honor 
a mother killing a baby. But let's not dishonor the mothers that have sacrificed. Let's honor the mothers that have sacrificed, even if they've given their child up for adoption because they couldn't care for them, but they loved them enough. But mothers have to go through suffering as well. And you think as a mother, from John 19, 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. And this mother's sister married the wife of Colpus and Mary Magdalene. Sometimes mothers, because of their great love, have to go through great suffering. And we need to honor her for that. Her kisses on the knees are like some supernatural ointment that brings healing to that skinned knee. And sometimes just seeing your mom in the midst of grief or sorrow or difficulty just takes that edge off. Because she's mom. She's mom. Now you might call for dad when there's a spider or something like that. But once you want comfort, you're usually calling for mom. Moms have that special capability as a woman to understand. Men, we sometimes just don't get it. We try, we care, but we're equipped differently. We work on other issues and other problems. We should still care in things, but we just aren't equipped the same way a mother is. Each child needs a father and a mother. A father just doesn't always fit the bill. And some people say that they have to be, or they were both the father and the mother. You know, I had to be, I had to be his, I had to be his fa the father and be the mother. You can't. You can try, but you can't. It's not the same thing. It's not just the same thing. In Genesis 1.26, in Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created, them, created him. Male and female, he created them. He created mankind in the image of God, male and female. Within the envelope of mankind is male and female. Dennis Kenlaw, a great scholar from Asbury, in a message I heard him preach, it's the mom and the dad together fulfill the image of God. It's not one or the other. It's the male and the female together fulfilling that image of God. Some people have a misunderstanding through maybe experience or what that they don't have, a, they have trouble with the concept that God can be a, the God of law, like at Sinai, these are the boundaries. But he also is a God of love at Calvary. And part of that is maybe because Satan has attacked the very unit of the family where you have the law at one end of the table, dad, and the love at the other end of the table, mom. 
how those two can work together. Both of them protecting. Dad doesn't let you do some things because it's going to come harm now or later. And mom tries to protect you from the hurt. Of, if you cross those lines, tries to help you deal with the discomfort of it. But there's a balance there. If it's all love, the love needs to go a little bit deeper to the point that it's willing to cause discomfort for the child in order to protect the child. But if it's all law and there's no love, it's out of balance. And you're missing the true picture of God. It's the law and the love together. Working together. Working together. We dishonor moms when we undermine their role and their value. When we say it can be a man or a woman, because that's not true. A mother is a mom. A mother can be a mom. A mom is not a man. And so let's honor our mothers. Let's remember that they're women. Let's celebrate the unique gifts that they have. Let's not disarm them, take away those capabilities. Let's let them act as women that are mothers with all the capabilities that brings. Don't make them be men. Guys, we're designed to lift things. We're designed, our bodies are built different. Men's and women's bone structure, hips are different. We're designed, men, to lift weights without injury. Moms aren't designed for that. They're designed for birthing and other things. We need to carry that load. Don't exp- you don't have to be a man to be important or special. Moms are increasingly important. If someone would come to a mother and say, I don't understand how you wasted your life just staying home raising your kids all your life, or that your focus was on your children, what about your career? There's no more important job than raising those children. And we want to undermine that, that that's not success. Why can't it be? Why can't it be? Let's honor mothers. Let's remember their sacrifice. Let's remember their care, their concern, their suffering. And let's certainly don't dishonor them by saying anybody can do it. Because not anybody can do it. Men, we certainly can't do it. We can't be the mother. We certainly can't fill that gap. We can try when we have to. And there's some women, maybe that shouldn't be mothers because they're wired, they're they're too selfish. It's a thankless job. You got to be willing to sacrifice. And some are worried that, well, I should have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. You know what causes children to be born. Don't do that. And there's so many pills and 
birth control and everything out there. You had a choice. Make a choice. But, as we read in Romans 1.28, God has, they don't want to retain God, and so God gave them over to debased minds. Some Bibles might say a reprobate mind. The depravity of sin eats and corrodes, and people that are evil and do bad things, you notice how they get worse and worse. Bad seed doesn't produce good seed, just more bad. It gets worse and worse, and we're seeing the recompense of that as it gets worse and as it causes those issues. And it comes to fruition. So that things that were common sense, that a woman can be a mother, but a man cannot be. We're just so mixed up, so confused. We can't even figure what bathroom we're supposed to use. It makes no sense. It's the reprobate mind. It's the debased punishment, problem, challenges of sin and letting it just go rampant without any control. Our prayer needs to be, is this the time that there's an awakening? That those that are marginal, those that are lukewarm, look and see this is making no sense. That they're awakened. Is it a time that the churches wake up and say, we got to stop saying everything is okay? That's not love. Love, when someone is in crisis, love is... is holding that child, screaming and kicking and yelling, that's the ones to go jump off the pier into the deep water. They're, they're kicking and screaming and yelling. They're going to say they hate me. They're going to say they don't love me. They're going to say they're going to leave home. But you want to let them go anyhow? No, you don't want them to not like you. Sometimes love means saying no, saying that's the wrong thing, and allows them to waken up. And I also heard a comment, sometimes it means, like when the prodigal son, the prodigal son didn't go chase his son in all the bad places they went. The prodigal son was at home with open arms. And I had to let the prodigal son come to a point of desperation. There is such a thing as a gift of Desperation. You can't go rescue the child every time they fall down. they got to learn how to get up. And they also have to know the consequences of their bad choices when they're young. Because when they get old, the consequences might get deadly. So mothers, we want to honor you today. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for the unique qualities that you have as women. And we're sorry for everyone that wants to say that anybody can do your job, that anybody's equipped to do that. We're sorry about that. We're sorry about those that look down on those of you that are making sacrifices and trying to do the right things by your children. And we're really sorry about all the children that have been killed because their mothers cared more about themselves 
than the little one that they carried. It's to the point that some even are willing to say that we heard a politician even say you wouldn't say just recently associated with Ohio he couldn't say he could not say that there was a time when you shouldn't abort a child. He said it should be up to the woman. Up to the woman. Up to the woman. Even at nine months, it's up to the woman. And we're not supposed to be pre-partisan politics, so I'm not going to, but I will quote that the president said that it's up to the woman to choose to abort a child. He called it a child. So clearly, it's not about that it's a mass of cells that aren't living. It's aborting a child, and we know that. We knew that. They're playing word games. May God help us as a country to value mothers, to value children, to value family, and to value the things that God has enabled us to do and value him. Stop pushing him out of every corner of our life, our society, and our government. May God help us. Let's be standing together. Father God, we pray that you would help us today to honor our mothers. And stop dishonoring them as a society. Help us to honor the sacrifices, the pain that they go through where they put the children in front of themselves. To honor that. To pray to the Lord that you eliminate this scourge of murdering children and people that want to murder children so bad that they're protesting in churches today. Lord, help us to see the depravity of sin and may the churches and the denominations and the congregations be awakened of how important mothers are, how important children's are, how important the family is as it reflects your very nature, your very image. That's a mom and a dad together, doing their part together, loving together. Help us to celebrate those unique qualities that mom has because she is a woman. And then only she can do it. We're thankful, Father, for those adoptive mothers. Maybe they didn't give birth or couldn't give birth, but Lord, they extended their love in adopting someone that they didn't have to love, but they chose to love. And we pray, Father, for the conviction to those that have killed children, the Lord, that they might come to you and understand that you have forgiveness for them by your great shed blood. And we're so grateful, grateful for that. May you help us as parents. May you help the mothers in their fight. May they be true to you. May they be sold out to you. May they be obedient to you. Help them in the hard times when they're toddlers. Help them in the hard times when they're teenagers. Help these mothers in the hard times when they're young adults. Help them when their children break their hearts. Lord, reward them with your grace, your mercy. Put a hug around them. Help them to rest in you, to trust in you, to celebrate the joy you have. Lord, bless them today. 
We honor mothers. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.